0: You are listening to Bringing Grace to the Nation's Podcast, where we talk about your theological questions. BGN Podcast is produced every Saturday for your enjoyment. Get more information on our website, grace-nation.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at GraceNationMin and on Facebook. Now, here is your host, President of Grace Nation Ministries, Victor
1: Yo, 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 what is up, guys? Welcome back to Bringing Grace to the Nation's podcast, season two, the hype is real. We had a podcast trailer go out that I did, and I was like, I made my voice sound super epic, super awesome. And season two, man, January 27th, like, it's here, like, we're starting. We have interviews lined up this year. We have, uh, we're teaming up with other podcasts this year. We're talking to pastors this year. We're talking to authors this year. Like, we are excited for what 2018 holds. Congratulations, you guys made it to the new year. Uh, give yourself a round of applause, like, right now. Y'all deserve it. You made it. Griffin. Hi. Boy, you were on the first ever Grace Bringing Grace in Nations podcast, like, true. Ever. Yeah. Now you're on the first ever episode of season two. What? Like you made it. Like you made the cut. I'm pretty excited. Not many people make the cut. Thanks, man. And so you make the cut. So welcome to the first episode of season two. Guys, Grace Nation is launching. We have a lot of stuff going on. Not just Bringing Grace to the Nation podcast, but also on our website. If you guys haven't checked out our website, please do. It'll be in the show notes grace-nation.com. We have some blogs. We have a lot of blogs starting, a lot of people that are going to be writing to you. We have a lot of theology concepts starting. We're actually starting a series where we are walking through the entire canon of scripture, Genesis to Revelation. It's three years long, and we are diving into each book. Having you know, We're, we're talking about each book. We're, we're diving deep. We're going to exegete a lot of the passages in each book, so we're excited to bring that to you guys. So hopefully you guys can follow along with that if you want to. Again, it's grace-nation.com. So today's topic um, is controversial for many reasons, um, one of which being it's so one-sided in Christianity. It's kind of just assumed when, when you become a Christian uh, that, that you follow these subset of rules that our culture has kind of built or, or like these walls have kind of been constructed and those walls are around our language yeah it's around our concept of language and we've made this thing kind of objective when language is a very subjective thing and, and I think the reason we were talking about this earlier the reason why christians Uh, kind of stay away from this is because Christianity is centered around a lot lot of objective truths. Absolutely. Around a lot of objective morals and and laws and and things that we have to follow. The the objectivity of Jesus and his new covenant like those things don't change. Mm -hmm. And so when we do see change Christians kind of just shy away from it. We try and make it objective. And the truth be told, language is not objective. It's very subjective it changes with our culture right and and that's why even pastors when we create sermons and we write things we we look at it from the subjectivity of when that that language was being written when those that text was being written because mm-hmm. they are writing it to a very subjective culture that might not necessarily reflect what our culture is today right mm-hmm. so we're going to be talking a, a lot about this language Uh, barrier and it's kind of a funny story how this conversation started so we Griffin and I were talking and just tell a little bit of the story it's kind of funny
2: yeah so we I was just hanging out you know Victor and I are like we're 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 good friends and you know we well like you know okay we're okay friends yeah and uh like we (laughs) like like we snapchat each other because you know that's what bros do that's what bros do constantly Right. right And, and one day it's like, it's like 1030 it's, or whatever. It's late. It's late. I'm about to go
1: to bed. Victor's about to go to bed. He, he sends out his, his, like his, his snap streak. Yeah. Like, I want to make sure people, my streaks don't... are set. Like yeah, I got streaks. I got people I talk to. We got 500, 600 day streaks. So right. I just, I'm like, that's how people keep relationships together. Right. You lose that streak. You lose that relationship. It's, you know, That's, you know, it's that's how it
2: works in today. So like, you, it's about the streak. You stop talking to them after the streak is gone. Right. And so he sends out a streak at like 1030. Sends 11. out a snap, you know, and it's, it just says GN. Right. Like it just says GN. Now I get this snap and I instinctively know that that means good night. Right. Right. It means good night. And if you guys didn't know, like get in the loop. Seriously. Get a Snapchat. GN. Make some friends. It's good night. Okay. GN is good night. And so it tells me, and I started thinking about like in 2000 years, if I were to show someone that snap, they would look at it and have no understanding of what it means. Yeah. Like in 2,000 years, because the language would be different, the letters would be different, the the context would the be different. The culture that like we even if in. They, even if they knew the language, even if they knew English, they would look at these letters G-N and they would go, that is not in the dictionary. Yeah. I have no idea what like, this means. Like, what is this? And so I started thinking about what are the implications of that for a language that was spoken 2,000 years ago yeah. and how we perceive it now. Right. You know, and then it just kind of started this discussion.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, this discussion flows over it covers a lot of stuff within christianity and it doesn't just cover you know the greek hebrew aramaic that the bible was kind of constructed in but it also uh, has a lot to do with what we deal with today in today's culture we have a lot of preconceived notions and Mm -hmm. conceptions about how christians act how we're supposed to talk um things that we do that are very objective to today and can be Seen as extremely legalistic to those who are not in the faith and actually be barriers, uh, barricades that keep people from embracing the love of Jesus because they're seeing these legalistic things that people kind of, that Christians build up. We change what glorifies God Mm -hmm. and it's legalistic. And so we've broken today down into a few different categories and we're yeah. going to be, we're going to touch on each different category. Some, we just want to talk about language. We, we just kind of want to get the idea of what it is out there so that in the rest, we can kind of develop our arguments for a lot of things that aren't really argued in Christian culture. Like, yeah. this is not something that's a popular discussion. So we're mm-hmm. going to dive into secular music. Like, is there even, quote unquote, something called secular? Yeah, what is that? Um, yeah. Like, w- like is that even a thing or is it something that we've constructed? Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about, like, our words and how we kind of replace uh, words that we see as bad with words that aren't that bad. But still, we're implying the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so... We're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about, Mm -hmm. but before we can dive into any of the controversial stuff, before Mm -hmm. we dive into any of the uh, stuff that might be difficult for us to grasp, Mm -hmm. we have to define and talk about language itself. Yeah. We have to talk about the fluidity of language. Yeah. And so, like, what are your thoughts when we're talking about language? How are we perceiving it in today's culture? You know, how has it changed over time? Like, what have you seen? Um, right. as we as culture is changing, as we're changing right. and as time goes on. Well I think that language is one of
2: the most is one of the most fluid things in culture. In in culture. Mm. But because we're raised in a particular culture in a particular worldview, we don't perceive it that way. Mm. And so we look at these words that were raised to have Given certain meanings, right. and we believe that is the only meaning I've ever had or right. will ever have. When in right. fact, that's not true. Hmm. Uh, there's a uh, plenty of examples. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I honestly I think the most simple one is the word is the word gay. Yeah. No. Honestly, 100%. like 50 years ago, that was it, part of our common it language. It meant commonly, happy. It meant happy. Like now, it means something. Now it's it's a completely it, it's, different a, it's a, a term to describe homosexuality. homosexuality. Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And so, um, I mean, that word's changed in 50 years, which is nothing. Yeah. That I mean, is no quick. amount of time. So yeah. when we think about you know, the Bible written 2000 years ago, we need to be very careful attributing our modern 21st century definitions and implications to words that were used in a Possibly completely different context for understanding.
1: Especially since, like, we usually attribute our definitions to the English word. Yeah. So we're like double translating it, which is dangerous. Like, we're not even looking at the Greek or the Hebrew Mm -hmm. and interpreting it from that. We're taking what the NIV says or the ESV says, and then we're attributing our definition to what a covenant might be, or to what salvation might be, or to what eternity is. Yeah. And and we attribute. Or what elect might mean. Okay. Okay. Performers (laughs) are. Right, okay. but that no—that is a big criticism against reformed theology. Is yeah. that the sixteenth, seventeenth-century people mm-hmm. are using their time definitions and attributing them to biblical words? Right. Again, it's mm-hmm. it's wrong. Like we can't do that if we're going to be deriving things from scripture. We need to use the biblical definitions, and and it might actually be impossible for us to know the intent of what they were saying. Like like you said, like Gn isn't going to be in the dictionary. Like, it can't be found in the dictionary until right. 2,000 years from now, if they see something with GN in it, they might have to give their best guess as to what it is. And sometimes we have to do that. Like, in Scripture, we might not know every nuance or every implication that Paul is trying to get across because Mm -hmm. he's talking to a specific culture and to a specific time that we're not a part of. Greek Mm -hmm. scholars and Hebrew scholars can do their best to give us the biggest overall concept of what they're saying, Mm -hmm. but we might not be able to understand the completeness of the thought because of the change in time. That's where we get
2: um, so many controversies in theology. That's that's why we have different camps, is because different scholars are looking at these texts and attributing different contextual... Like, the words are the same. Right. These people are reading the same I interpret
1: elect one way, and another person interprets elect another way. The only difference is, the biggest difference is, the definition that we're attributing to the word. Mm 100%. And so that's where, you know, that's where Bible study becomes important right and I yeah. think like this comes down to and we'll talk about Bible study uh, for a second that's like the rule of hermeneutics yes and if you don't know, like hermeneutics in short is the language of the Bible right it, I mean that's what hermeneutics is it's just a fancy word to say language of the bible and and what good pastors who produce good sermons will do is they will interpret so if they're exegeting if they're taking a passage of scripture Mm -hmm. what we're taught to do in preaching class and and, uh, you know and things like that we're taught to write a subject a purpose subject statement that encompasses the purpose of the text not for application for us but in according to or focusing on the context of what it was written to. So right. I just wrote a sermon on 2 Corinthians 12. Mm-hmm. I had to write a purpose subject statement about Paul's thorn and what he was trying to tell the, the church of Corinth, the yeah. Corinthians. Mm-hmm. I wasn't writing a, a, a subject statement. I wasn't applying it to my life saying that God has given me a thorn and this is how I deal with it. I was talking about Paul's thorn in relation to the context that he was talking to the Corinthians right that's how we have that's how we have to deal with hermeneutics yes, and you draw application out of that exactly right. mm-hmm. and so we have to have this understanding of what hermeneutics is because a lot of the times we I see it all the time in church and in Bible studies. We don't know what hermeneutics is, and then we read a passage of Scripture and we take it completely out of the context of what it was yeah. written in. We we segregate it from its brother and his its you know neighboring verses. Yeah. And we apply it to our life like it's a rule. Like I mean, uh, there's a verse of uh, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's one of the most mis- misinterpreted yeah. verses in Scripture. We pull it out. And we're like, all right, I'm gonna jump off a bridge and fly. Right. I can do all. Things. I can do all things. You right? know what I mean? Yeah. So those are just a few. Can you think of any other example scriptures? I'm trying to think off the top of my head.
2: I mean, Um, do not judge, taking completely out of context. Um, I Um, mean, one one of my least favorite phrases when I see people reading the Bible is they'll read a passage and go, let me tell you what this means to me. Um, That makes me cringe every time. It doesn't matter. Because that's not not (laughs) what it means to you. The only thing we're we're allowed to draw, okay, there's one exception that Mm. is kind of unimportant, but there's one, we are only allowed to draw one interpretation. Out of Scripture, mm-hmm. we are allowed to draw what the author was writing to his intended audience. Right, that is what we're allowed to take. The only exception is some prophecies. Right, prophesy right. a a near thing and a future thing. Right, like a far future, a near future, and, and that's far a future, very but that's specific, super nuanced. Not very often. Right, um, but that's that's an ex, that's an exception. But we're only allowed to draw one interpretation out of Scripture, and exactly. that's found in the context context in the context right and,
1: yeah and and <laughs> that's a lot of the time like a lot of those uh, prophetic things th- those are found in the old testament and a little yeah. bit in, in revelation i mean you could probably look at thessalonians too and pull yeah. some but it's maj- the majority of them is in the old testament when we're reading the new like and we don't we can still draw application from the old testament like mm-hmm. we're not saying that you can't but a lot of this application based things is finding is found in the new testament right because the new testament is the interpretation of of a lot of the Old Testament. Yeah. uh, Minus a lot of the wisdom literature that you can find in Proverbs, Psalms, Job, and a few few of the other uh, Mm -hmm. wisdom literature. But, like, this is kind of the rule of hermeneutic. And so, to preface this... um, hermeneutic doesn't change like when we're reading scripture that is the one objective thing the objective truth about the language in the bible is that it was it was written to a specific culture at a specific time within a certain context so objectively we have to read it through do our best to read it through that lens yes that's the objective truth about the language in the bible however that doesn't mean language itself is objective in fact Today's culture and language, if we were to read the Bible through our English brain, and ha- and if it was written in English in today's culture, it might have a lot more different meanings than what it did, you know, 2,000 years ago in the Greek. Mm-hmm. Like, our culture and our language and our definitions have changed things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's proof that language isn't uh, objective. I mean, yeah. you-, you brought up the example about gay, and I can there- – there's other examples out there, and that's a very short period of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, fifty years is nothing and, in in yeah. the grand scheme. And of we things.
2: also like we don't live in the Middle East. Like we don't live in Palestine. That's true. Like I uh, one example I heard once is a missionary was taking a, was taking the gospel to to a like a third world you know Amazon Amazon you know village right and he was telling them he was trying to read them out when he was telling them that Jesus was you know the bread of life right and they had no understanding of that yeah because they didn't first of all they didn't really eat bread at all right and they had no understanding of the importance of that statement because mm-hmm. in First century Judea, they lived off of bread. Bread was like if you did not have bread, you died. And so what this what this guy had to do in this in this village is he had to change the verse to instead of bread of life, it was like there was I think a particular fruit. I'll just say pineapple for the sake of the 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 argument. They just say like Jesus is the pineapple of life. Like like it is your sustenance. Like he had to change it because the language was different. Right. You know, it doesn't change the
1: meaning of the verse, but. It's the language was Mm -hmm. shifted to to, so that people could draw applications based on the culture and context of of where they were. Yes, and it doesn't like that, doesn't make it any less God inspired, it doesn't make it any less God breathed. Right, it's just different to apply the same concept to a different culture. Right, language is subjective, and this brings us into a lot of controversial things. Yeah, because there's a lot of barriers that we said are built around Christianity, and I think the biggest one. Uh, and that brings us to kind of our next point that we're going to talk about is is cursing, yeah, and, and using inappropriate language, right? Um, there, there's a very basically Christianity has these walls that like if you're a Christian, you don't cuss, you don't do these things, you don't talk about this or mm-hmm. that, and. To be honest, if, if if I'm a non-Christian looking in at Christianity and I see all these rules, people getting yelled at for cussing and all these different things, I'm like, I don't know if I want to be a part of that system. Yeah. I don't know if I want to be in that law or that legalism that's yeah. being built. And so that's a huge problem. And, I mean, we there's tons of verses in Scripture. Ephesians uh, five talks about, uh, you know, foolish talk. Yeah. And like, like crude and crude joking jokes. or something. And, it's interesting wording. Yeah. And what were you finding when you were looking up, uh, the
2: Greek of that? Yeah, I was looking. it was, it was interesting because the language is less, the Greek words seemed less intense than the English interpretations. Mm-hmm. Like it was just kind of like foolish joking. Like me- it almost sounded like messing around right. almost more than like, like, you, h- how we talk about it. Right. And then it, it the verse, actually, I don't have it on I me. Mean, actually, I do have it. I have my Bible. Uh, <laughs> it's 5-4. Uh, five, five, Ephesians 5-4, five, yeah. Let there uh, be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. Uh, crude joking and all it, it it. The Greek gives the implication of more like, don't mess around. Yeah. But I think the most important part of that verse is which is out of place, or which are out of place. Right, right. Um, and I think, really, that's more of a less of a don't don't joke around, don't like, mess don't around. But more like saying wa- watch where you are. Right. Like if you're if like, know the situation. Know the situation, read the room. Right. You know, if you're at a funeral, you shouldn't be, you know Making dead people jokes. Making dead people jokes or cutting up, you know. I think right. it's more of a, a contextual don't be out of place with your words.
1: Right. Um And, and yeah. that's that's something that we would miss Right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, our, our, when we read that, when I read that and it says no crew joking, you know, don't curse people, don't do, I'm thinking, you know, as a Christian, I'm like, all right, I can't use, you know, the eight words that are cuss words in English like that. But that's not what was being written. Like he wasn't thinking about the eight cuss words in in the English language when he wrote that. Mm -hmm. He was thinking more about the context of the time. Like, hey, when you're in this spot, when you're talking about scripture, when you're reading the Bible, when you're in in, in an intimate setting, Mm -hmm. don't make jokes. Like like, when you're in a time of seriousness, like it's time to be serious. Right. And I think we all know people that can't do that and it's super annoying extremely annoying i mean you're horrible at it griffin just kidding you're so annoying (laughs) i love you but no like we have to understand Mm -hmm. the the situation and the context and when we read scripture through that lens we we begin to understand the actual hermeneutic behind Mm -hmm. what paul was saying right he wasn't saying hey don't use these eight cuss words Mm -hmm. hey know your time and place be Mm -hmm. serious talk about god be serious when you're at a funeral. Don't make inappropriate jokes and at inappropriate times. Mm-hmm. Know your spot. And hey, when you're in, you know, a group of people and you're having fun and you're making jokes, you know, mm-hmm. again, there's an appropriateness we mm-hmm. have to represent Christ in that time. Yeah. But there's a different context, like like all, we can't apply our definitions. Yeah. To what he was saying. Yeah. I try to think. I, I wonder sometimes what people think Jesus
2: was like. Mm. that if they think that he was, just, he just sat there all the time and was constantly, like Jesus preached constantly, he mm. taught constantly, but he was also a friend. Yeah. Like he had friends, he went to dinner parties, he went to weddings, like he was an enjoyable person to be around. Right. I'm sure he loved to laugh. I'm sure he loved to spend time with and his friends. And make jokes. And make jokes. Oh, yeah. And enjoy his time with people. Oh yeah. You know, like we, we don't have to live this life of, of monasticism, you know. Right. right?
1: I could just see him like at a dinner party, someone's like picking up their drink to take a sip and he's just like, Nope, water's gone. (laughs) (laughs) And where'd my water he'd put it again? The water would fill back up and he'd pick it up again and the water would be gone. Like like I could see Jesus having fun. Yes. You know, with people. Like like he's enjoying his friendships and his fellowship. At the appropriate time. We're called to fellowship, you know? We're we're called to enjoying each other's company. Yeah, exactly. And so I think Ephesians 5, 4 is a verse that is oftentimes in our English context, in our English language, taken out of context. right. Uh, Mm -hmm. Another verse we were talking about, and this is is important. Yes. So on top of the, you know, if if it is the right time and you are having fun and you are having jokes, then we can come to 1 Corinthians. And in 1 1 Corinthians 8... uh, It's talking about, uh, you know, if you're with a brother, like, don't cause him to stumble. Right. Right? So uh, I use the example, like, if you're with someone who you're mentoring or or a friend with and you just want to go out and have a conversation. And he had an alcohol problem or he does have an alcohol problem. You don't take them to a bar. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you're with a friend who both of you can enjoy the Christian liberty of alcohol in the appropriate context that the church is, right. then going to a bar isn't wrong. No, of course not. But, yeah. but Christians have this concept. Bars are where people get drunk. Bars are bad places. We can't go there. Mm-hmm. Again, Again, another, that's even outside of language. That's just in Christian life. Mm-hmm. We kind of do this thing. That's just another example. So what does, uh, in 1 Corinthians, what does the actual verse say? Yeah, I think, uh, uh, verse, verse, 13.
2: verse 13 reads, uh, Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. Now, in this context, he's talking about meat sacrificed to idols. Mm-hmm. That Some Christians in Corinth had a big conscience issue about eating this meat that was sacrificed to pagan idols. Right. Now, Paul was like, objectively, dude, it's, just, it's, it's meat. It's, right. I mean, it's, it's a state, it's just, it's, you eat it. You, but it's food. these people had a conscience issue with it, and Paul says, that's fine. This is the biggest thing to understand is we're not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that if you don't want to have a drink, if you don't want to, if you don't want to curse that like you're, if you don't want to have a cigar, or you're having a cigar, that you're a prude. Right. I'm never going to do that. Right. If if, you, if that's what the Lord has put on your conscience that you need to live your life, you need to live your life that way. Right. And so, and I'm going to gonna, do everything yeah, in my ability to, respect to that. help you. Yeah, I'm going to respect that too. Like if like, I'm not, uh, the example I use when I talk about this is I'm going to, I'm going to carry myself differently in front of nuns. Right. than I am around like my brother right you know yeah no absolutely. like it's it's you have to understand you're honest I'm gonna I'm gonna carry myself differently in the pulpit right than I am when I'm a bit like Disney World right. you know like it's it's where you are dictates and who you're around and who you're talking to right. has an influence yeah. on how you act
1: right and that and that, that doesn't mean and this is this is where it gets difficult to explain. We're not saying that you're two different people when you're in the pulpit or when you're at Disney. Right. That's not what we're saying. Right. We are still representing Christ. Yeah, that's that's the main arc times. of this whole conversation. Like, like if you're yeah. not representing Christ, well, then, brother, sister, like, you're outside of what you should be doing. Yes. We, you know, brothers and sisters, come around you and yes. bring you back in. But that, with that being said, though you're going to carry yourself in the pulpit Mm -hmm. or in a way that that's different than maybe if you're in disney you're going to make jokes with your friends when you're at disney that you might not make in the pulpit right like if i'm preaching i'm never going to say a word i'm never going to say like sucks or crap or things like that because Mm -hmm. there are children in the room the parents don't want their kids hearing some of that stuff they don't want them repeating some of that stuff Mm -hmm. but but if i'm at disney and i'm like crap man i just stubbed my toe like in that context, like, it's not necessarily inappropriate mm-hmm. because I'm expressing a an emotion that's mm-hmm. feeling like I'm feeling this pain. And I'm not in a context where I'm causing a brother or a sister to stumble. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm not stepping... Um, it's not that I'm representing Christ less. It's not that I'm acting like less of a Christian. Mm-hmm. But it's just dependent on the context that I'm in. Right. Um, and so, yeah. And so... What, where we we thought about paul uses um in in acts i actually don't know where this is exactly and i this think it's acts chapter. 17 it, it's a quite a large chapter and he yeah. he actually quotes probably area, I, I know the quote um he he's quoting someone and i think this is leading into our next topic yeah. of secularism like mm-hmm. what is secular or secularism and what is sacredism is that right can i use sacred-ism? oh yeah here actually it's verse uh uh, it's act
2: seventeen twenty eight. okay so what's yeah. the quote it says uh, for in him we live and move and have our being and as even as some of your own poets have said for we are indeed his offspring right yeah
1: so that's an interesting even some line. of your poets so this isn't he's he, he's not it's not he, he's paul is using there's a line in the bible mm-hmm. that's from non-christian origin yeah, like it is very platonic it's, mm-hmm. it's you know plato and socrates and these poets and these philosophers who have written these great works um uh, mm-hmm. these great philosophy works and paul is using it and god used what originally wasn't you know said by an apostle or mm-hmm. for the context of being christian mm-hmm. and god's using it in his scriptures yeah, And paul used it mm-hmm. for ministry yeah, yeah to bring people to christ yeah um and I think this, this is really interesting, and this brings us to some of the stuff we want to talk about today, well, specifically music. Yes, um, specifically the music we listen to. And I think this this is a very interesting conversation because a lot of the times, and I know even me, like the first thing I did when I became a Christian or when I realized that, you know, there's this divide between secular and sacred, which I think that that's a very platonic Argument that's a very, you know, let's make this clear divide between what is Christian and what's not and I think I don't think we can make That strict of a divide. Yeah, I mean, there is a divide between sin and mm-hmm. Christian Yeah, but secular doesn't always mean sin mm-hmm. And I think we have to understand that because secular Paul used secular quotes. Yeah, uh, all throughout Scripture uh, secular people influenced people in Scripture, mm-hmm. uh, you know David uh, in, in the Old Testament had probably people around him that may not have held to the same viewpoints. Yeah. Uh, and it, in the New Testament, you know, Peter and friends of the apostles and people that were being ministered to philosophers were influencing the culture. Yeah. And, and they took that and they used it for ministry. And I think we kind of have this notion of, well, if it cusses or says something bad that we say is bad then we can't listen to it as Christians. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the times when people become Christians, like they'll go to their Spotify playlist, their iTunes playlist, it out. Yeah. and just everything with that little explicit marker, or anything that's not like Christian, mm-hmm. uh, they'll delete, and then they'll go to Hillsong, and they'll follow Hillsong, and then they'll go to Jesus culture. Yeah, don't make me die. <laughs> uh, they'll go to Jesus culture, and they'll follow Jesus culture. Mm-hmm. And there's there's this very... Uh, double-minded, this very double-standard yeah. thing that we see, and we don't even realize it. Yeah, like we're getting rid of a lot of music that we claim to be secular, but we're following music that might be worse than the secular music. Like we're very slow to actually look at the lyrics. Yeah. that are being sung. gets that Christian
2: stamp on it. Yeah, and we're like, I ah, mean, oh, cool.
1: I can. I mean, Hillsong's is fine. Boom. God. boom, we're great. Like I can worship to this. Like there are songs by Hillsong that are straight up heretical. Like, they tell truths about God that are just wrong. Like, it gives Mm -hmm. us a very wrong idea of God, but then we play it and we blast it in our ears.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. We start to believe those things. That's worse than listening to a song that might have one or two bad words in it, but still Mm -hmm. proves a very artistically glorifying uh, state. And I think art, and then this is something you can comment on, but Mm -hmm. I think art... Is something that glorifies God
2: in all forms, yeah, yeah. Like, art I mean, God created us to be creative, yeah. Like, well, there's a reason that we can create and build and, and do wonderful, beautiful things. Mm-hmm. Like, God made that, made us that way.
1: It's a freedom that we have, yeah. Like,
2: and, it's a gift that and He's given us. Art suffers when we put it in a box, yeah. You know, art suffers.
1: Um, and to yeah. be honest, Christian art. Kind of sucks. It's like not great. a lot of it. It's Not great. Musically, yeah. we're getting horrible. Yeah. In TV and films, like basically every Christian movie to come out to date has been a horrible production. I mean, yeah. God's Not Dead, The Shack, all these other Ooh. garbage Ooh. You just films. Saw the Shack. Yeah, Ooh. I know. <gasps> all these other films, like they are produced horribly. Yeah. And it's an insult to the creative ability that God has gifted us with. Yes. And. I mean, you see this everywhere, TV shows, music, mm-hmm. I mean, Hillsong, don't even get me started on, on some of the words that, mm-hmm. like, they're just blatantly ignoring scripture yeah. and a lot of their stuff. Like, they're they're t- definitely taking our human definitions yeah. and applying it to the our, our English definitions and applying it to a Greek Bible. Right. Like, it's just yeah. wrong, it's not good. and we're interpreting no. it incorrectly, and it does artistically it's embarrassing mm-hmm. but also biblically and theologically it hurts the church more than what a chance the rapper song might mm. you know like yeah. like there are some more theologically accurate you know verses in and what we would define as secular music than there are in a lot of our sacred music that we follow and it's so true. we have to we have to find the line here and i think i think we the we can't make the line we can't define our line by the words that are being used
2: yeah well, actually, um, I mean, I would like to, t- to take a second and actually talk about like bad words.
1: Okay, yeah. You know, like do. like what is
2: it? What what is a bad what word? Constitutes what a bad constitutes word? a bad word? I think this is one of the most pull the wool over our eyes Christianity legalistic ideas in yeah. in existence. That we have these bad words. It's like eight words yeah, that we're not or that we're not allowed to say. That like we're like we just know that we're not like allowed to say. Just like kinda tells when us. we hear them, we kind of you know like, our, oh, our spine tickles a little I bit. Can't believe said I that. just want to ask why, like. I want someone to give me an honest answer of what makes these words worse than other words. Right. And the only argument that I've heard is the definition. So, oh, it has a nasty definition. Well, I'm like, okay, if you're going to hold to that argument, then we can't say words like rape or incest or murder yeah. because those have terrible definitions too. Those those are have worse definitions. Yeah, you're going to tell me the definition of one word is worse than the other uh, that makes it worse than other words? No, like yeah. we use words to describe things. Yeah. And, some, like, and sometimes a word accurately describes something that's going on in... Yeah. Your life or your day. Yeah. Now look, I'm not advocating that we should go out and be like cursing all the time. I just feel like we should think about this. Right. Yeah. I and think, think about like the only thing that makes these eight or nine words worse than other words is the cultural stigma behind them. Yeah, it's, it's not the definition. Completely subjective. The definition yes. between crap and a cuss word, yeah. it's the same. They are they are bad words because we make them bad words, right. because we say they're bad words. And I cannot stand the fact that a Christian is okay with saying dang. Right. But not its equivalent, which I won't say because we're on the air. Right. right. And you're going to tell me that that's different. Right. Where you would use its equivalent in the exact same situation where you stub your toe and say, dang... You have just said a curse yeah. about the terrible thing that's just happened to your yeah. toe. You're going to tell me that's different yeah. than saying the, the the curse word equivalent.
1: It's a hypocritical double standard that Christians have built yeah. to create this legalistic idea it's a loophole of what glorifies God. Yeah, it's literally a loophole. We tr- we, we're like, trying What to find are we a doing? Yeah, it's like, just wrong. Like
2: what? Like if you're going to live this way, if you're going to say that we can't use curse words at all, hold to that. Yeah, don't ever don't say dang don't use a word with the intent to curse something yeah. bad. But I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I feel like sometimes not, and I think curse is a weird word for it, but like bad things happen. Yeah. We live in a broken world. Yeah. Sometimes using a word that has a bad definition adequately fits a, a situation. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah. I mean, like God never says we can't express we're, our like We're not things. in heaven yet. Like, right. Like, like things aren't perfect. Like we have emotions and we have to express them. If we don't express them, it actually causes us to like mentally, hurt ourselves. Like, we are emotionally hurting ourselves when we don't express our emotions. And Christendom has put up these walls that say, well, you can express your emotions, but just not in this way. But sometimes that way is the necessary route for someone to Mm -hmm. express their emotions. Or we create some...
2: Other word that means the exact same thing. Exact same thing. <laughs> like what is that? Like, it's,
1: it's laughable, it's honestly. True. But why? we don't notice these things. But because it's ingrained in our right. culture. Because, because until yes. they're brought to the surface, this yes. is why we're saying it's such a one-sided argument. Because mm-hmm. this might be the first time in your life you've ever even thought of this. Like yeah. it's just something that we've instinctively uh, has been ingrained into our culture and what mm-hmm. we believe. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, cursing, it's it's not ne- it doesn't necessarily have. The, and i think it comes with the heart behind it we talked about this actually in my last in the last podcast we recorded about leggings like if you're gonna wear leggings uh for the comfortability you know for whatever reason cool but if you're gonna wear leggings to show off your body to you know make you know men feel a certain way towards you or to mm-hmm. you know show yourself off that's yeah. the sin you're you showing yourself off is the yeah. sin not the intent matters, actual matters more than wearing action, i think so if you're yeah. using a word like saying i hate you is just as bad as saying something else with one of these stigma words exactly in place yes and in, into it like the heart behind it is still expressing your extreme dislike for something someone did or or to a person itself yeah. yeah and so and we're called to represent christ right so each one doesn't is do that. equally bad yeah we we have to uh, and and you can do that for mm-hmm. situations where you're not attacking people so yes. like uh, situations where you know, you, like you said, you stub your toe, and you say "Dang!" Like that's just you're you're saying the equivalent, but you're expressing an emotion. You're expressing the pain that happens to you doesn't necessarily mean you're sinning, right. Because you chose to use a word. Yes. it's this cultural thing that um, that's been placed on Christian. Yes. Now there there is one thing. Yeah. Um, if and I think we have we have to understand this. We do need to be different. We do have to stand. Right. Out. We're called to live separate. To, we have to. Yes. We have to be holy, right? We have to right. be separate mm-hmm. from the norm. So if we're out, you know, and about, you know, in public places where there's a lot of people and people know that we're a pastor, or you know, you're in ministry, I might. I'm going to choose my words to show to you know to to be an example that I'm mm-hmm. different. right but that's again it's it's subjective it depends on where you are that's
2: the best argument for not cursing yes um is is the whole live holy and separate which i can respect that yeah no i mean that's that's the reason
1: why i choose my words very specifically when i'm out and about i'm not gonna say certain words i think it becomes a conscience and a context issue right uh
2: but there is one objective exception to this soul talk about language, and that is anytime the Lord's name is used in vain. Like, that is. Absolutely. That is, I mean, Ten Commandments, all over the Bible, that is the objective exception. Yeah.
1: We are not to use the Lord's name in and vain. And Christians do this more.
2: Yes. Than curse.
1: Yes. Like, like, we'll say the Lord's name in vain in replace for a bad word. Yeah. When in fact, we're using the Lord's name in vain yeah. is worse than. Like, I'm gonna, like, I had someone, like. <sighs> I hear Christians
2: use things like, like God dang, yeah, and I'm like, dude, that is like you're like th- the, the D word isn't what makes that that, that phrase bad. Yeah, <laughs> it's the Lord's usage, the the name of the Lord's name in there that makes that bad. Right, like you 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 replace the wrong part,
1: right. <laughs> like like, <laughs> and then we'll, we'll we'll replace you know, gosh, and we'll say yeah. sh, and we think again. It's just as bad what because, we doing? The, because we're what? like, oh, if I just change a letter or two in the word, then it makes it right. Yeah. But again, the intent behind it is to use the Lord's name in vain. And if that's what you're doing, you are objectively mm-hmm. in sin. Yeah. Because we have to know sin isn't subjective. Sin is objective. Sin is yeah. wrong. Yeah. And it separates us from and,
2: God. And God's name is the, I mean... What, I, why are we even talking about this? Like yeah. This is not to, uh, open for a debate. Like, yeah. like, this God's this name isn't even God's God's name. Like, yeah. like.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about the double standard? Uh, yeah. no, maybe outside of music. So we talked yeah. a little bit about music. Um, I, I enjoy a lot of what we would call secular music. But again, I don't put these labels on them. I don't call it secular mm-hmm. or sacred. I'm just like art. Yeah. I'll listen to art mm-hmm. that is good. And mm-hmm. is God is glorified through our use of art. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's a lot of, of things in music that mm-hmm. that are artistic. A lot of uh, artists are very good at what they do. God has blessed a lot of artists yeah. in a way. Mm-hmm. Even artists that aren't Christians, people that aren't born again, there's common grace. Like, God has gifted them with a gift. And yeah. so mm-hmm. I enjoy that gift. And in my enjoyment of what God has given me, I'm glorifying God. Exactly. Yeah. But... It doesn't stop at just music. Like, yeah. Like, we mm-hmm. can do this through movies and TV, TV shows. Mm-hmm. Everything, yeah. And and everything. Uh, and there's this, been this double standard that's been placed on Christianity mm-hmm. that Christians will say that song is bad or that song says a certain word. But then we'll go to the movie theater mm-hmm. and watch a rated R movie like Deadpool or even a PG-13 movie where they're dropping the same cuss words that were in the song that I yep. just listened to. And we'll call mm-hmm. that Okay. It's such a double standard that we we hear these curse words which are subjective in and of themselves
2: and we'll say oh I can't I can't listen to that I can't watch that but we'll watch this TV show where there's a couple you know having sex outside of marriage right and we think nothing of it right when that sin is far more objective yeah. than, than the language being used in these songs we we pick and choose yeah like we choose these sins that are easier to avoid because it's easier to find songs without cursing in yeah, it yeah and then it's easier to call yeah, ourselves holy than it is to find TV shows Right. That, that don't have any sort if, of objective portrayed them. If you're going to
1: that we have to listen to just Christian music, then you should be watching just Christian TV shows. Only Christian movies. That are directed by Christian directors, mm-hmm. that have Christian actors. Mm-hmm. Um, And we don't do it. In fact, yes. there is such a shortage of Christian Shopping shows, at Christian stores. Shopping at I Christian mean, stores. Like, you can apply this. Having only
2: Christian <laughs> friends. Exactly. I mean. <laughs> I
1: mean, you can do this everywhere, yeah. but it, music is just easy. To it's do. music. It's easy
2: to write off. Right. It's, it's easy to put it, just say, oh, no, I can't do that right uh and and we create
1: easy holiness yeah for ourselves and we use it to justify ourselves yeah. which I mean, we're not justified in anything. I mean, we're condemned. The only mm-hmm. thing that justifies us is, you know, God's righteousness imputed on us. Like, yeah. there is nothing else that justifies us. Mm-hmm. But but we'll use, uh, I listen to Hillsong instead of, you know, Childish Gambino. Or I listen to Jesus Culture instead of, you know, Chance the Rapper or mm-hmm. Kanye. Or even these other, uh, I love Christian hip-hop. I love mm-hmm. hip-hop in general. And Lecrae mm-hmm. has been doing this one thing. I don't agree with everything Lecrae does and a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff that he's focusing on but he has said I'm not a CHH artist I'm not a Christian hip hop artist I am producing hip hop That I like to produce. And he doesn't have to talk about God in every song for it to glorify God. Right, That's the thing. He's producing art. He's using his talent. He's using his gift. And in him doing that, he's glorifying God himself. And in my enjoyment of what he's done and of his art, I'm glorifying God. He doesn't have to objectively mention God every song for it to be Christian. Right. Uh, but I mean, honestly, Esther,
2: I mean, <laughs> Esther I, is in the Bible. I, I
1: literally doesn't, doesn't say God. Doesn't once. use the word God in Esther. But it's in yeah. the Bible. So. But it's filled with God. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so we, we do this a lot and we're not, we don't know everything on this topic. We're not. We yeah. Have, we don't want to, I'm not, we're not here to like. Like put this our, isn't throw our flag like, in the hill here. And like be you don't like, have to go, go ride onto, or die here. you don't have to go yeah. on your Spotify and just follow all these you know yeah. people that have cuss Like oh, that's yeah. not what we're saying. We're bringing a topic to the table with just, a different, a very one-sided topic. We're yeah. trying to bring a different side. We want to put a, a, a rock in your think, shoe. We want yeah. you. Not, we could be totally
2: wrong, honestly. Yeah, like, but but
1: the focus is even if we're totally wrong everyone's wrong to, to place this wall or to condemn people that are in this area without discussion, especially without discussion, especially. And so we want to put, we want you, we want Christians to be very open minded Mm -hmm. because we get attacked for being very closed minded. Uh, And honestly, a lot of this music, Uh, can be used to draw people in. There are a lot of people that won't listen to, you know, Hillsong or Jesus Culture because Mm -hmm. they're not Christians, but there's a lot of people that might listen to a Lecrae or -hmm. to an NF or to even Chance the Rapper or Connie. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of... Those are very big names in the non-Christian community, and so if if they see us enjoying those art forms, we can start discussions and we... To be honest, music, if you find someone that loves music, you can have very good conversations true. with a lot yeah. of the lyrics that are in music. Like, rap gets a huge, uh, you know, hit in Christianity because it's rap. For some reason, Christians hate rap. But to be it's honest, poetry. there's a lot of <laughs> philosophical truths that can be found in mm-hmm. a lot of these rap artists that aren't Christians. I mean, hip-hop is built on lyrics, and yeah. lyrics is how you portray
2: ideas. Yeah. And so hip-hop's built to, on philosophy uh, to build and, to talk about philosophy and theology and yeah. and people and, and humanity
1: yeah and so if yeah. i have you know if i'm talking if i'm listening to a song like mm-hmm. all we got by you know chance or even ultra light beam which is oh, like a spiritual yeah. experience yeah uh, and i can talk about ultra light beam by kanye to someone who's not in the christian faith and be like mm-hmm. well here's what like like this is what christians believe like this is what it's saying here and that can start great conversations and yeah. that can start friendships and relationships that lead into discussions about the Bible mm-hmm. uh, and lead into discussions uh, that invite people to church and things like that. Yeah. But since they say one or two bad words in ultra light beam, Christian's like, Nope, Kanye, he's a bad person. We can't listen to anything he does. Yep. Um, We're not advocating for Kanye. Where no. He is a bad person. He is a bad person. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But that doesn't mean we can't enjoy the art that he's producing. Exactly. I can say the same thing with Hillsong. I can't stand Brian Houston. I think he's a heretic. Mm -hmm. He is a heretic. He's leading people through the doors of hell. He is. I mean, You Need More Money is a perfect example. Like He's a heretic. However, that doesn't mean that everything Hillsong produces Mm -hmm. is wrong. I can't Mm -hmm. cast a, a shadow and I can't push Hillsong away in its entirety Right. because some of the stuff they produce is good. Like Spirit of the Living God is a great song. I love that song. Some of the stuff is good. Um, and so I don't cast off the entirety of Hillsong because I don't agree with the, you know, the person who's leading it. I can dislike the person, um, yet still have a genuine appreciation for the art art that's being produced. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I just think that's, I mean, there's, you can, we can literally talk about this for hours. And it's again, true. we could be completely wrong, but we just want to open the discussion on this very one-sided uh, topic. It's yeah. not, we can't even call it an argument because it's not. It's so overwhelmingly one-sided. one-sided. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that kind of hits what we wanted kind of to talk points, about. Yeah. I mean, we're starting to hit our time limit here. Yeah. I don't want to go too much longer, but... Any last points, any last things that we can kind of think about? I mean, I mean, I think just the most important thing in this discussion is to remember who we represent, Yeah.
2: Um, who we're here for, that what we may want, as, you know, counterintuitive as to what you said all this whole podcast, what we want isn't as important as how we're called to live. And um, in this discussion, we need to remember that we represent Christ. Absolutely. And if we ever put ourselves in a situation where, where we not are not that. representing Christ, we have a problem.
1: And we're in sin. And we're Objectively, sin. we're yes. in sin. If we're not mm-hmm. reflecting God, mm-hmm. if we're not glorifying him, you know, sin is anything that's not like, yeah. like where is it in romans i believe it is where it's like anything that's not done in faith is mm-hmm. sin anything that's yeah. not glorifying to god is sin so we need to be reflecting yeah. that now where the
2: discussion god. comes in is what glorifies god exactly like that's, that's where the conversation that's where starts. we're kind
1: of talking yeah. you know we we're saying that and paul even used something from a secular person we we're, we're using these non-christian things they can glorify god god can use non-christian people god can use non-christian music he can use non-christian tv shows he can use whatever he wants so Let's not Mm -hmm. confine God to this box. Yeah. Uh, Let's allow, let's, let's Mm -hmm. be faithful and know that God can, can use anything that he's created because he's sovereign and over everything that he's created, Mm -hmm. not just these Christian religion ideas that, that we kind of impose on Christianity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a great discussion. I'm open to more discussion. Y'all yeah. can email me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll forward them to Griffin. Like, this conversation isn't over. Like, I want it to to continue. You should be able to see more on it on Grace Nation. I would love to write a piece. Maybe if Griffin wants to write a piece, like, we'll get something to you guys. We're here to answer your questions. We're here to just to talk, not to, not to impose what we believe is right, because we mm-hmm. don't know. Like, we're just bringing the discussion to yeah. the table, mm-hmm. and we want to talk more about it. If you see something where we're flawed or you see something where... we're you know saying things that might not necessarily be true like bring them to us like we want to know we want to correct ourselves we want to approach this in a completely humble mindset yeah absolutely In everything we do because again we want to do everything in faith we want to do everything to the glory of god and if we're doing it out of pride obviously that's not done in faith it's not done to the glory of god right Uh, But yeah, guys, season two, this is the first episode, season two, January 27th. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for listening. I hope all of y'all have just a blessed week. I hope 2018 has started off amazingly. And if it hasn't, guys, we can take comfort in the fact that God is sovereign over it. Um, And so just just take heart uh, and hold on because God is there with you. His Mm. arms are around you. He's weeping with you. He's laughing with you. He's fellowshipping with you. He genuinely loves you. And uh, I'm so excited to see what season two holds. We have some awesome interviews. Oh, guys, you don't even know how many awesome interviews we got coming up. So I'm so excited. Uh, yeah. And so until next time, everyone, take care and God bless.
0: And that's the show. Thanks for listening. The BGN podcast comes out every week. Questions? Email us at Ministries at yahoo.com or tweet us at min. Until next time, take care and God bless.